Welcome back to the Frizz and the Grease podcast with your hosts, Prudo and D. Hello and welcome back to Frizz and the Grizz. It is Tuesday, October 3rd. It's your boy Trudeau. We have a good show in store for you today. Lots of NFL. We're going to talk a little college football and, of course, the big NBA trade of Dame Lillard. But first, D, what's up, my dude? Ah, man, everything is everything over here. I like the intro. All right. I see that you put a little work into it. You know, I think I realized that we start the podcast. If you were new, if you've never seen the show before, right, and you just hear us going off about random shit like ice cream flavors right off the right off the jump, and there's no introduction of what we're talking about, you might leave. So, like, let's give the people a little 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 teaser of what's in store for them today. I like it. Uh, sets the tone, sets the table as to like all the topics that we're going to go over. We we spend you know a good 15, 20 minutes talking about everything pre-show, and like you said, we come in and we start talking about appetizers at a restaurant. <laughs> Um, so it makes sense to, to let the listeners know what we'll be talking about. The watchers, the viewers, either today or tomorrow. Um, I, I like it. Good stuff with that. Yeah, we we talk, we just we talk sports. But we like to have some fun. And thank you all for joining us live on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, and also on podcast. If you're listening tomorrow, good show today. Like I said, D, I know you had a good weekend. You're up here on the north. I actually went to my first fair like Carnival Fair, uh, Topsfield Fair up in uh, oh. North Shore, Massachusetts. Pretty solid. Are you a fair person, first of all? Um, I'm not a go-on-rides fair carnival person, okay. but I am enjoy the food at fair and carnivals. So, and yes, I, ha- I actually worked the Topsfield Fair when I worked at Power. Really? Uh, I, yeah, I was a vendor in one of those barns. Uh, I was selling home home improvement shit. Uh, so oddly enough, if you walked into the wrong booth, a wrong like barn, there's people like trying to sell you stuff. Okay, this is perfect because you've been there. So like this is oh, a yeah. fair, like I'm talking like not a carnival, but a fair with like horses, cows, chicken, pigs, you know, like your old country fair. Mm-hmm. But man, I want to talk about the food and you hit it right on the nail right in the oh, head because yeah. like there are hundreds of food vendors and I want to know what is the weirdest fried thing you've ever eaten because I had myself some fried Oreos and some fried Reese's at the fair this weekend. I have some thoughts on them, but I want to know what your weirdest fried food is. I don't even want to say it's weird. It was probably the best fried food that I've ever had. And I visited the North Carolina State Fair up in Raleigh-Durham last year. Oh, my goodness. So I might have even talked about it here, but I had a grill, a a fried grilled bacon and cheese. Oh, my God. So like a grilled cheese with bacon on it that was fried. Oh, my heart attack. Like it, I felt it right away. Like this is going to take just, one more take, time. Can you just describe what, what yeah. did you eat again? Uh, so it is a grilled cheese, but the grilled cheese had bacon in it. And that was deep fried. That sounds yes. amazing. I'm not, they get weird with some shit. Like, you know, like in Wisconsin, they have uh or, you know, Wisconsin and, uh, what is Minneapolis State Fair? They do the fried butter. I don't know about that. That's a little too that's weird a, for that's me. That's a lot of cholesterol. That's a lot of cholesterol. Fried Oreos. Real, I'm 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 on board with the fried Oreos. The fried Reese's was I was a little disappointed because you know I love Reese's. That's my shit. It was just like I took a bite. And I almost want to throw up. It was so sugary. But man, mm. give me and you know what I, I I regret not getting fried. They had. How do you feel about a fried peanut butter and jelly sandwich? You know I probably would like that. 
I haven't had it, but like again, that's like a I love a good grilled cheese. So if you add bacon and you fry it, all the all you're doing is adding more things that I like. So if you have a if you have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, I like peanut butter and jelly. So if you fry it, I'm probably gonna like it even more. Uh, and we got we got Zay Bell in the chat. Zay, hit us up with one of the weirdest carnival food you've ever had. I want to hear your weirdest carnival slash fair food. You know, I, I also had to do the badass move of buying the uh, giant turkey drumstick. You know what I'm talking about? Like <laughs> the, the Disney one where you walk around and just eat it like a Viking. Yeah, like you're at um, the medieval fairs Absolutely. back in the day. Absolutely. Yeah. So fairs, you know, like I'm not, I'm all right on the animals and the carnival rides, but give me some good fair food, some corn dogs, some deep fried shit. I am in, man. I am 100%. Other than like the random ass gunshots that were at, you know, and it's not random because we're in the South, but like that at the fair, I'm a big fan of like enjoying the the fair atmosphere. I okay. Think it's, it's a lot of people, a lot of people, but you know, it's, there's something to distract the girls because there's so much going on and there's something to help the parents because you're just grabbing food. Man, I love it. Anything else for the, from this weekend you want to recap? Any fun fun things for the people? Any, any good conversations you want to have first? Yeah, man. I was up north. Like you had mentioned, we kind of hinted at it. I was visiting up north for my fellow New Englanders, and it was an incredible wedding. Um, so for for those that are, are watching the Mr. and Mrs. Leandro, if they're able to, to jump in tomorrow and listen to us, or if they jump in live tonight, thank you for putting on an incredible wedding. It was absolutely amazing. Got to see some some old family family and friends, you know, I visited the parents. It was a good trip. Quick trip. Visiting usually goes very, 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 very quick. Uh, we flew out on Thursday night. We, we flew back in Sunday. So it was, it was a very quick turnaround, but it was fun. And before we get into the football D, guess what's back? What is back? Broncos country. Let's ride. Let's go. I needed that sounder. You know, we'll go. <laughs> oh, my bad. My bad. My bad. You gotta warn me, bro. I, I like, thought you set me up and expect me to not just say "let's go." That's it. I thought you were just gonna be like "let's go," and I was gonna jump right into the the NFL action. I thought we had like a little tele, tele, tele telepathy, no. telepathic stuff. No. On. no, guess not. Been we been a year and a half. We're still not on the same page. That's that's too sad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's talk NFL Week Four. There wasn't a ton of stuff we wanted to talk about. There was a few things I want to touch on, and the first thing I want to get on. And this is especially for all these people watching because I know we have a lot of Patriots New England fans here, you know, a lot of Northeast fans. But they are who we thought they were. And that's absolute dog shit. That's what all I got to say. I stupidly before the season took Patriots over six and a half and I'm going to sweat the rest of the season because <laughs> God damn, they are so bad. I have a hot take. It's not that hot. Actually. I think it's very much the popular opinion around New England at this point. They need to fire Bill Belichick. Ooh. And I'm not, and let me, tell you, let me tap the brakes on the fire Bill Belichick. They need to fire, there's two Bill Belichicks, Bill Belichick, the coach, and Bill Belichick, the GM. The GM has to go, man. This roster is dog shit. Absolute dog shit. Not only is it bad, and I know that I've been, you know, gone on record throwing Mac Jones under the bus multiple times. I'm not going to you know, beat a dead horse with this one. I don't think he looks great right now by any means, but he really has nothing around him. Still, you cannot throw from numbers to the opposite numbers across your body against the Dallas Cowboys. That's a stupid throw, right? But he really doesn't have an actual like weapon on his team. He still makes dumb decisions, 
So I'm not forgiving him for that stupid pick six. One of the worst throws I've ever seen in an NFL game. But yes, the the GM and Bill Belichick is, has not set that kid up for success. And do you know how like Mark Sanchez, and maybe this is just me, but Mark, well, you just got to understand when you compare or even just oh, no, mention no, 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 no. Mark I wasn't going to with talking about the Patriots. It's going to get a laugh out of me. All right. Do you remember how Mark Sanchez, everyone remembers this, the butt fumble moment. And that ever since that point, there was no going back for Mark Sanchez. Uh, I feel the same way about Zach Wilson with the scene ghost, or maybe that was uh, the other quarterback that they drafted uh, Sam Darnold scene ghost. Darnold said it. Yep. I feel like this week against the Cowboys, Mac Jones had that moment where there's no going back. And I, I don't know if you watched the game or if anyone w- listening to the podcast watched the game, but there was a moment Patriots down like two touchdowns and it was third and it was either second and nine or third and nine. And he, they needed nine yards. He had nothing open. He started to run and he scrambled and ran. He's running. He's about four yards from the first down. There's a, I think it was a safety number nine, maybe comes up and there's two options. You slide down as a quarterback and give yourself up or you try to do like a lame ass juke move. Mac Jones decides to try to truck number nine. <laughs> and number nine doesn't even try to take Mac Jones out because, you know, you don't want to be penalized for attacking the quarterback. So he just stands there. Mac Jones hits him, is stoned, and just falls over. And at that point, I'm like, oh, this poor dude's cooked. Like, he, he's got <laughs> nothing left. Like, if it just felt so sad and pathetic. I don't think there's any coming back for Mac Jones at this point. I didn't see that specific play. I did watch the game. Uh, I was able to go to uh, my brother-in-law's this weekend, and they're full Patriots fans, so they're going to watch you know, as much as possible. Um, but no, I didn't see that play, and I feel bad. I really do feel bad because... No, Bullshit. I mean, I, I, you're right. I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad. No, the thing is, look, I don't feel bad for the Patriots fans. Welcome to mediocrity. Like it's it's about this is not mediocrity right now, man. This is bad, but I'm saying like it's it's been a long time coming. What I do feel bad for is Mac Jones. I do because he doesn't look. look, I think he's not a great. I don't think that he's you know he's he's that quarterback. I don't think he's the franchise guy. But I also think he's part of a a situation where if this was a um, Justin Fields situation, who's around him? we're kind of putting the same shoe on the foot of Mac Jones where he doesn't really have anything around him to actually get him out of hot water. I know that it's not all his fault. Some of it is, but like, it's, it's really not, he can't do much because he doesn't have anything. He's got Zeke Elliott. Like, let's play a game. The Mac Jones. Cause this is where I'm, I'm at with Mac Jones. All right. You can, there's people in the comments. You can check the comments when I make this, this rant. I think at this point, Mac Jones has proven himself to be, a good backup quarterback. Like mm. he is a, a backup quarterback that you would want that can come in, fill in nicely. Maybe he'll win you a game, but he's not special that he can elevate your team to wins. And I think that asking him to be a starting quarterback and like be a successful starting quarterback is a, a lot to ask for him. I don't think that in the future, give him like two or three years. I think he'll be on another team as a backup, a very desirable backup making five to six million dollars a year. And that's great. That's where he belongs. That's his role. Let me let me play a little game with you. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say this game is would you rather? All right. Would you rather have Mac Jones, Kyler Murray? Kyler Murray. Mac Jones, Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter. Really? Yeah. Wow. 
Mac Jones, Baker Mayfield right now. Mac Jones. Hater. Just beat your ass. Mac Jones, Sam Howell. Ooh, that's a hard one. I'm going to go Sam Howell because of athleticism. So you only have him above Baker. Mac Jones, Stroud. I think you're going Stroud. Yeah. Mac Jones, Jordan Love. Jordan Love. Mac Jones, Bryce Young. Tail is out. He's only played two games. Here's a good one. Mac Jones, Jimmy Garoppolo. Ooh, really good one. Because of body of work, Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> but it's not like, it's like a 51-49 type thing. Like, that percentage is close. Or even like 49.9 and 51.9. Here's a couple, like, here's a couple more, more close ones. Mac Jones, Kenny Pickett. Mac Jones. Mac Jones, Ryan Tannehill. Mm, where I'm at, it depends on my franchise. If it's rebuilding Mac Jones, if it's established Tannehill, and the rest of the quarterbacks I'm looking at this list, you probably go other quarterbacks. So you like, in your opinion, Mac Jones is the is 20, bottom five, bottom five quarterback, which is essentially, if you're not young at this point with upside, you're backup in a couple of years. This is it. This yeah. is Mac Jones's future, man. Like it's, it ain't happening. Well, the problem is he peaked his his rookie year, and not not to say that like he can't get better, but like he took a gigantic step backwards year two. And we knew that, you know, he didn't have the best of team already. And starting off, you know, I think he's thrown five touchdowns, four picks, like not the greatest QB rating right now. It's 44. So it's it's actually it's half of what it is of what it was, you know, his rookie season. Not good. Um, I think he has some tools. The part that that hurts Mac Jones and it's because of how fast the NFL is, it's athleticism. It's when he gets, you know, in a bind, the pocket collapses, he has to turtle and he's not, he doesn't have the arm strength to just get the ball out quick. He doesn't have the accuracy that everybody thought that he did. So like he's, he's playing it. He's going up, he's, he's battling an uphill battle essentially when it comes to the wave of the NFL, which is athletic downfield throwers. I think for him, it's like the, his greatest attribute, at least in his first season was his decision-making. Oh, I was going to say kicking people in the balls. After the whistle, <laughs> he's, he's really good at kicking people in the balls that he is good at that, but no decision making. That was a good joke. Um, and <laughs> got you. His decision making, at least the past two years have gone down the tubes. And, you know, last year we gave him a pass like, oh, Matt Patricia is a clown, uh, you, you know, masquerading as offensive coordinator. We thought with Bill O'Brien this would be better, and it just it has not gone any better. I think you have to now look at Mac Jones as the problem there. And the good news for the Patriots is they're bad. They play a really difficult schedule going forward. They have a couple easy games, but it's a tough schedule, and it's a really good quarterback draft. So you know they can mess around and end up end up by getting the number one pick in the quarterback. I mean, number one I w- pick in the draft. Excuse me. Yeah, you know, you're good. I wouldn't say I don't think a Bill Belichick team would ever be the worst team in the NFL. I just can't I can't fathom. Well, that. let me let me let me counter no. this really quick. There yeah. two of their potentially best defensive players are now out indefinitely. Oh. Judon and uh the Gonzalez kid they drafted in the first round is Easy. actually really good. Um I don't know what his status is. I know he's indefinitely out right now. I know he was hurt. I, I did unfortunately hear about that, and you're you're giving away my picks when it comes to stuff. Or uh, for, for I'm also for going picks. Saints. Don't worry about it. Um, but yes, um, I would say with the, again just because of his aura, and you kind of hinted at it of like getting rid of of Bill Belichick, the GM. It's not just the roster decisions he's making; it's the coaching decisions he's making, and the Patricia issue terrible. 
bringing in Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien, I understand he's a better offensive coordinator, but like <clears throat> he wasn't great in Houston, right? He wasn't. He had Deshaun Watson, so like he can't be good with yeah a healthy Deshaun Watson. And it's like you're not you're expecting to you know squeeze blood from a stone. <clears throat> and again, I'm not. I'm not. I, I I'm coming off as like a, a Mac Jones apologist after all my all the shit that's funny about him. <laughs> But I, I, what I'm saying is I'm defending him to the point where he has nothing around him. He, To his own detriment, he's building, he's, he's digging his own grave. You Even with, like you said, his greatest attribute being decision-making, you cannot make that pass that he made against Dallas that was just literally one of the worst. Like, you're taught in grade school to not throw across your body and never to throw it numbers to numbers. And he literally did both. It was mm-hmm. like, I'm... I'm gonna do this, and the receipt the, the the receiver was like, "Is this coming to me?" And the defender was like, "Oh, it's coming to me!" And like, just caught it into the house, and it's like, "Come on, man, you did that!" Like, you're you're you're, and I think he was benched after that. Like, you're making it easy for people to just jump off of your hype train of can you be the guy when you make decisions like that? It's it's a new territory for New England. We'll yeah. just say that it's a brand new territory for y'all. Well, mo- most of y'all motherfuckers that are listening today or tomorrow, y'all gone 20, 25 years and you might be 30. So like you don't remember how it was in the mid 90s with Bledsoe or before Bledsoe. So like this is new territory. We used to be called the Aints. Like we used to have to put <laughs> bags on our heads. And had it not been for the Bush, you know, drafty and the signing of, of Drew Brees, probably would still be doing that. But, you know, we got that. You know, I've been bad. We, we've we been in the top five of draft picks. Y'all haven't. So, like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'll tell you, I'm not trying to gloat because I just knew this was happening. That's all. It's just we knew think, that it was going to be like this. Listen, I'm not sympathizing with the Patriots fans. I'm a Bucks fan. I've done through, I've gone through 20 years of hell before I got Tom Brady won Super Bowl. But... It's it's funny to see them bad, and the worst case scenario for them is if they end up by effing around, winning four more games somehow this season, and, and end up by knocking a quarterback and just ride out Mac Jones for another year. They won't do that. What I can tell you is, and this is just a little bit of a, a background knowledge for a college football. This is a very deep quarterback draft. Yeah, so I've there's, heard there's like ten to twelve, with twelve being like Shador, like Sanders, who's serviceable from what we're seeing. Like it's not like he doesn't make bad decisions. We'll say that, and he's got a great arm. So, like, if that's your twelfth best quarterback, I think I think if you're looking for a quarterback, this is going to be a good season for you. Oh yeah, um, I know you want to talk about some revisiting NFL awards. Just quick, couple other quick notes, and if you want to stop any of these, we can. Uh, Bills big big win against the Dolphins. Dolphins look like Huge. juggernauts, uh, and the Bills their offense looks electric. I'm I'm guessing Josh Allen's MVP favorite right now. Uh, Broncos, Broncos eking out a win. The Bears are still a disaster. Let's see what else was exciting. Titans look, ver- Texans look very scrappy. CJ Stroud looks awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, potentially best rookie quarterback in this class. The Aints back in their old ways with Jameis, famous Jameis, losing to the Bucks. I don't know if you want to talk on that one. I told you, man, that the injury to Derek Carr is very scary. I don't know what his status is now. You're you're the Saints fan. Is there any news on when he will be back? He played. Derek Carr did play? 
Yeah, he played. He didn't play well. He didn't throw anything past ten yards. But yeah, Derek Carr played. Oh my bad, I didn't watch the game. He That's did. how bad the game was. Is he? Yeah, he he played and he did not look good. He didn't look good just based off of I would say like it looked like he had a shoulder injury. Okay. So like that that's part of the issue is I've had a separated AC. I'm pretty sure anybody that's played football has had a separated AC. It's not fun. But yeah, he was out there and he was just thinking and dunking forty attempts or thirty seven to be exact and one hundred twenty seven yards. He was literally just. Throwing the ball within five yards, um, so you know, one downfield pass to Olave that Olave dropped. So, by the way, yeah. I started Olave this week. Not fun. I, we told we talked before the show. When you have a child, it's hard to watch those one o'clock games. Mm-hmm. I You're saw good. You're good. I saw this score. I'm like, oh, that must be a Jameis start. But that's that's that's, that's that how bad it was. It was just it, it it's scary to the point where Baker Mayfield. A lot of the times people see like 26-9 and they're just like, well, the defense gave up 26 points. It's like, no, if you're if you're on the field as much as you are because your offense can't do anything, you're, gonna you're still playing. Yeah, you're still playing another NFL offense, right? Like there's not saying that the Bucks are juggernauts, but like Mike Evans is still pretty good. Chris Godwin is, is pretty damn good. Rashard White can run the ball. And Baker Mayfield, I know that I took, you know, you know, I took Mac over him, but I'm just going off a of body of work, right? Like I, I think you could rework Baker, um, Mac Jones with a good team more than you can with Baker. We've seen Baker with a good team, but he hasn't been good. He was he had a good team when he was in Cleveland. So don't tell me. I'm that just he saying, didn't. watch out for Baker Mayfield being the uh, comeback Geno Smith story. You know, whatever. You never know. But yes, man. the Saints did not look good. Just to just to put a cap on that one, obviously. Do you want to take back your take about the Bengals last week? You said the Bengals are a playoff team, and they played t- the Titans, who have one of the worst pass defenses up until this week. Uh, you know, the first through the first three weeks, their pass defense was like bottom five. And we thought this would be a bounce back week for Joe Burrow. Three points, three points for the Bengals. Are you worried now? Very. Joe doesn't look good. Um, so it's not even just like his calf that like is a problem. It's it's making his ability to throw the ball downfield. It's it's taken off everything. He's missing throws that you just you go, huh? Like you used to be able to drop a ball in a bucket and you can't throw an out pass five yards. Um, so like it's. It's tough. I also hear, you know, ramblings, not to say that Jamar has ever thrown anybody under the bus, but like he's even saying, I'm always open. Like, just throw it to me. And like, he just can't get to him the ball. Yeah. So this, you, you, they're, they're in some serious trouble. I wasn't expecting, and this isn't, this is not a, a shot at Baltimore. I wasn't expecting Baltimore to look this good, but the way that they flexed against Cleveland makes it harder for the Bengals to make a playoff spot. I will That's, say one is related to the other. Yeah. With the whole Baltimore thing though, Cleveland was down to Sean Watson. They started a rookie quarterback. So, you know, I'm not going to take too much stock in that one this week. I mean, I like Baltimore. I think they're a good team. Don't they get me wrong. ran it right at Cleveland yeah. though, is what I'm saying. And dude, I hope you got to see it. The touchdown pass that Lamar Jackson. Yes, threw to, He's oh been good, my man. Goodness. I don't want to hear anybody say Lamar is not a passer ever again. Oh, even a blind squirrel finds enough. Like Ben Roethlisberger threw that type of pass to Santonio Holmes in the Super Bowl. It is an ab- three defenders jumped and swung and missed, and he put it in the perfect spot. So yes, when he, he we're we're seeing a different Lamar when he has people that he can rely on, right? And like that's he's got Bateman, he's got Zay if he needs to do a quick jump, you know, a quick route oh, run. Back too now. He's got Mark. Yeah, and so like they look good. Their offense look good. They got a new offensive coordinator, and lo and behold, they look good. And the last thing—that's the reason why I would I would say the Bengals are in a tough spot—is because it would have to be one of the two. 
I thought oh, the, the Bengals, Bengals would, would finish. Yeah, exactly. I thought they'd finish better, but no, the the, Ra- the Ravens look really good. Yeah, the Ravens look like they're running away at that division right now. I mean, it's still a very long season. That division, I think, is still going to be very competitive, but the Ravens have a nice edge. Last, The last note from the weekend is that uh, the state of New York football is just sad, except for you know New York City football, not not New York State because the Bills are awesome, but the Jets and, and Giants are just a laughing stock of the league. Although, you know what? The Jets played a very competitive game. They were nine and a half point dogs, and they came back and uh, finished within three. Yeah, they covered, unfortunately. Um, Zach Wilson didn't look terrible. I just, I hate the um, the random ESPN stat that was like, Zach Wilson is the first quarterback to outperform Patrick Mahomes because he like, he had more passing yards, he had more completions, and he had less touch, he had more touchdowns, less interceptions. So I was like, but you what you lost, but like what I understand they're trying to make it seem like look, don't don't try to make them stop. feel good. Yeah, well, they also don't want people to stop showing up to games. So like, please just come, just come. Like he's got he's got a chance. And it's like, nah, man, the season's over. You don't got Aaron Rodgers. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, you played tough, but like there's no such thing as moral victories. What's up? Is Aaron Rodgers like I was under the belief, maybe I'm just a hater, that what we saw the past two years of Aaron Rodgers was more of who Aaron Rodgers is, right? Because he had the MVP seasons. And then, like, I think it was last year there before he was kind of mid or mid to bad. And we all assumed, like, oh, Aaron Rodgers is going to come back and, and join the Jets. And he's going to look awesome. The Jets going to be great. Are we convinced that the Jets would be, like, 4-0 or 3-1 and with Aaron Rodgers? Because I'm not. I would be. You would be? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I, I think the quarterback makes a huge difference. I think it's a tough game. I can't say that they would have beat um, uh, the the. the the Chiefs. I can't say they would have beat the Chiefs, uh, but they could. They they did beat the you know the Bills to start the season, right? Like the fluky win. I, I mean, know. It's a win. They didn't have they didn't have Aaron Rodgers, so like I'm not saying that they they that they couldn't have you know pulled out some type of win. And I think they're they'd be in a different spot with Rodgers compared to Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson legit lost them the game. I think it was against the Patriots where he just didn't do anything besides throw five yard passes. He legit lost them the game. Yes, yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers makes it a more competitive game, and they don't score 10 points. I love that we can laugh at the Jets, but I also feel a little like robbed of not being able to see if it was going to be a real thing with the Jets because we can always say in hindsight, like, oh, they would have been great with Aaron Rodgers, but you know, we get away on the proof that it actually would have happened. It's a bummer. All right, you want to talk some of uh, you revisiting some of your NFL award picks? Yeah, just quick ones. Um, just because of the surprises. We're in week five. I think it's cool to just revisit, not saying that they're going to be runaways for it. Uh, you hinted at, you think um, uh, Josh Allen is going to run away with MVP? He is the favorite right now. I'll give you the betting odds as you go through. So I will okay. come back to you after you give your thoughts. I think this could be, and just I know that it's early, very early. The game is a longevity game. Quarterbacks typically outshine other positions. Christian McCaffrey is creeping up there as a a potential winner of the MVP award just to break the wave of it being all quarterbacks. Now, I'm not saying he's having an Adrian Peterson 2,000 rushing yards type of season, but he's just scoring so effectively. And he's on like a 30-game touchdown streak. Like, if you bet, I think I, I saw somebody, uh, something online that said, like, if you bet $100 and did whatever it is, like, he's going to score streak wise like there's a bet that you'd be you can rolling do it over every time yeah 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 like you'd be up closer to like thirty thousand dollars because of how many times in a row he scored a touchdown in a game so i'm not saying it's a lock but like i wouldn't be surprised if you get if you continue with these two three touchdown games for the whole season 
he's he awesome. creeps up there and he actually does take take away the uh, the quarterback. So, so I, I would love to see it other than a quarterback. That's the all. the odds just to kind of fill in the the detail on the MVP race right now. So you said Christian McCaffrey, you like him. He's definitely mm-hmm. a dark horse. I know our friend Sloan Piva who joined us from Sporting News. He does a little betting. He actually put a bet in on Christian McCaffrey just for the value. Right now he sits at the seventh best odds uh, behind mm-hmm. all quarterbacks. He's at plus two thousand. So basically. You bet hundred bucks, you win two thousand back. If you were to take Christian McCaffrey and he wins, right now it's Josh Allen, Tua, Mahomes, Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert. Oh, did you just say Herbert? He is ahead of McCaffrey right now, as far as Vegas betting odds. Um, he's he's uh favored more. Okay, I'm gonna let that one just just ride. Yes, I do believe uh, Tua, Josh Allen, and Jalen Hurts two undefeated teams and then one of the best passers in the NFL right now, even with that dud of a, um, of a, a performance against the bills. Wasn't really a dud. The bills just kept scoring. If it's, if it's touchdown, 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 punt, touchdown, 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 punt, like you're still having a good offense. And it's very similar to what the, the dolphins did. They scored like every two drives and the bills just scored every drive. So it's like you, you put yourself in a, in a very bad spot by just allowing four straight touchdowns to start the game. I like Lamar Jackson at the fifth favor odds at plus 110 right now just because he's super dynamic and that's a good Ravens team. Here's an interesting one. I don't know if you have any any interest in this at all. Uh, eighth best odd right now, right behind Christian McCaffrey, is Brock Purdy. No. I mean, listen, if this, if that team ends up by being, what, 16-1 and one or 15-2 and because their schedule is really easy... No, you're shaking your head profusely. No, way out on that one. All right, I, I even curious. made the comparison. Um, He's great, with by Purdy. the way. He's good. He's good, I think. And again, don't take this the wrong way, New England fans. He is the second and third year Tom Brady for, this, for the 49ers. That's Meaning, good. just go yep. out there and don't lose us the game. Didn't he win the Super Bowl that year? One of he did. I, he go. was an MVP candidate. That's what I'm saying is you go out there and just give me the 200 to 250 yards, give me the 30 That's yards fair. on the ground, hand the ball off to McCaffrey and and, and Elijah uh, uh, Mitchell, and get your ball to Debo, to Ayuk, and Kittle, and just let our defense play. Don't give us short fields. Don't throw bad interceptions. Don't give us bad turnovers. And I think he could just play that role. Why Trey Lance couldn't do it is beyond belief, or why Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't do it is unbelievable. But I'm not going to put him up there with MVP candidates. I just think he has the ability to lead that team to the Super Bowl because he just has to not fuck up. Yeah, I like Brock Purdy just because he is he has that I don't know like that Tom Brady esque quality of just being so cerebral and he just seems mm-hmm. so calm at all times, which is exactly what they need with the 49ers. All right, after NFL MVP. Were there any other awards you want to revisit? And again, we talked about awards preseason. You can check that episode out. We were joined by Sloan Piva to talk awards. We're going to revisit, you know, maybe change some of our takes. So any takes that you had, D, outside of MVP that you want to revisit? Uh, yeah, this is just one that is, is, I guess, like leading when it comes to potential winners. Uh, CJ Stroud, Rookie of the Year. You know, we talked about, I joke, not even joke, like I thought that we were going to see a little bit more um, out of Jalen Hyatt in New York. New York's just a dumpster <laughs> fire right now. Uh, but we talked about the he quarterback. He barely plays, by the way. What's that? He barely plays. I know. I I don't know why um, they don't have wide receiver depths and he still can't find the field. Uh, but anyway, um, Bryce Young, just injury prone. 
I think that that's out there. He he's in there with Wolf. I'm sorry, my 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 apologies. He's not injury prone. He's just already been injured. Right. And missing a game doesn't help. Obviously, your your odds. We talked about it being a longevity game. Same thing with Anthony Richardson. He's already missed time. Great quarterback. I would say electric style. I won't call him a great quarterback. He's a he's an electric young uh, talent. Uh, we see how good Bijan Robinson is, but they typically reward quarterbacks before they reward any other position. And I think CJ Stroud just looks like he's back there just playing pitch and catch with everyone. Like he's made Brevin Jordan be be relevant. Um, he's got Nico Collins, obviously. He's got Tank Dell, who came out of nowhere. I could only tell you, you know, Damian Pierce was on the team when the season started, but like you're hearing names that you wasn't expecting because of CJ Stroud. So I give him that credit. They're two and two, man. Like that, that Texan team finished the bottom of the barrel last year. They were what they picked second overall yes. last year. So huge improvement. Shout out to their their new head coach um, who came over from San Francisco. I'm drawing a blank on the name of their head coach, but the team's very competitive. Uh, and CJ Stroud, as you said, you would have picked him to be the MVP right now, or excuse me, offensive rookie of the year. He's a pretty heavy favorite. He's still plus money at plus one seventy five, but uh, he's head and shoulders ahead of the rest of the field. I don't think Where was he at the beginning of the season? He was tied with like Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson. It was like a three-way plus around 550. So gotcha. like the odds have swung pretty heavily in his favor. Uh, and rightfully so. Uh, I think you, you showed me a stat on a text today where he has the most completions without throwing interception uh, in a row uh, out of rookies. To start a season. Right. Yeah, well, not even just the rookie, just a oh, player all time. in the NFL. Because, it, yeah, it included Tom Brady in there. It's like 150 okay. straight passes, 151 to be exact, uh, straight passes without an interception to that's start a career. very rare for a rookie, especially one that's, that's being asked to throw the ball 40 times a game. Yeah, I mean, four games, 150 attempts. That's yeah. close to the 50 Slinging attempts it. per game. Slinging but it. he's out there throwing that rock. Yeah. Um, names that were up there, just in case you guys are wondering, Warren Moon, Carson Wentz, we know we joke about Carson Wentz, but we know how good he was his rookie season with uh, with Philly. Uh, Case Keenum, I mean that's just a weird anomaly. And Tom Brady, so like those are the people that he's beating. He's now almost doubling up. Those guys were all in the hundreds. He's at 150. All right, and la last one, um, I you had three, right? What was the other award you wanted? To yeah, I mean, just not as as fun. Um, but I think Miles Garrett might be coming up there when it comes to a potential defensive player of the year. I think he did get hurt in the last game against the Ravens, so that's one that's one that sucks. I thought about this prior to his injury, obviously. Uh, and TJ Watt, I know that he he's flirting with becoming like the he's already passed. I think it was uh Jerome uh, Harrison. The linebacker for the Steelers, like he's five years in, he's he he's the sack leader for Pittsburgh. That's like incredible to think how good he is on defense uh, to own that type of record for that historic franchise. So I think this could be a runaway year for him. What to if I told that, you neither of those were the favorite right now? We're James Harrison. Thank you, Hip Hop Anonymous. Uh, really, T.J. Watt is is tied for second in sacks right now, and T.J. Watt first. is third on the Depoy odds. Miles Garrett second, leading depoy odds right now. Micah Parsons. Parsons just got hurt though. That's the tough part. I mean, I did just say that Miles Garrett also got hurt. Parsons did not look good after that injury, um, but we'll see. Obviously, if it's if it's something that's going to affect him long term. Um, and I, I D'Amico Ryan's was the coach that I completely blanked on the Texans head coach. Uh, I just want to really quick before we move on to the gambling section, um, uh, NFL coach of the year. 
I I know I know the Dolphins look bad against the Bills, and everyone's going to kind of back off the Dolphins. But man, what Mike McDaniel's is doing with that offense, I understand they have some really good skill positions, but he is putting each play, every player in the perfect position to succeed. I've never seen outside of maybe Sean McVay at, at his apex. The way Mike McDaniel's gets the most out of every every possession in offense, like I, he's not even the favorite to win Coach of the Year. I think he should win this award, and I think by the end of the season, I think the Dolphins will finish with like eleven wins, twelve wins. Um, he'll end up by winning this award. He's actually right now second um, behind Sirianni Dan, first. Dan Campbell. I don't know why people Ooh. love Dan Campbell so much, just because he's I fun. Mean, he's doing a lot with the with Detroit, but no, I would say that if he does lose it, it's going to be to like Sirianni. Just because I think the Eagles finish with two losses on the season, um, Sirianni is way that, down in the in the incredible. Coach I don't man. understand why the jet the the Eagles coming off of this is like the best start uh, to a rebounded team that lost the Super Bowl like in NFL history. Usually the the hangover year the, is terrible for them. The thing is, like, coach of the year isn't like how good are you this single year year. It's always like what are your expectations going into the year and how have you exceeded them. So like. The Eagles' expectations are already so high that it's really hard to exceed them. Whereas, like Dan Campbell, the Lions were like 500 last year. They missed the playoffs. I, they missed playoffs, yeah. And mm-hmm. if they can be a, a winner of the division and finish with like 10, 11 wins, that's a huge improvement. And it's, you know, it's one of those things. I get what you're saying. Are you ready to lose some money? Absolutely. That is right. We're back and ready to lose some money with you all. And I say that for D because D, last week you had a rough one. You went 0 for 3 in your gambling picks. I went 3 and 0. I was on fire, baby. Good for you. Um, I think I'm going to stay away from college. Um, also, these these random ass backdoor covers just ugh, killing me, killing me, killing you know, me. So I'm, I got I to gotta place a little bit better, smarter bets. You want to know the most annoying thing about this gambling weekend was? I played all my bets on the show and won all of them. I crushed it. I was up so much money. And then, of course, Monday Night Football comes. And I'm like, oh, I feel good. I'll play Monday Night Football. Absolutely, absolutely rocked. Absolutely rocked on Monday. So I'm even over the weekend. Mm. Um, let's get into it. So I'm, I'm on a hot streak. My total record actually is four and five, which doesn't sound great overall. I'm about 500. Um, my three picks this week. I think we're going to agree on the first one. I'm taking the Saints. <laughs> Dude. Saints are on. I know they're on the road. I know they looked bad with Derek Carr. There's a reason why Derek Carr was so bad. His shoulder is falling off. I think another week to recover and get back into form, he'll be better passing the ball. For me, it's like they're playing the Patriots. The Patriots can't score. I trust the Saints offense to score. I don't trust the Patriots to score. I think the Saints can pull away in this game and the Patriots will be left in the dust, especially with losing Judon and Gonzalez on the defensive side. Saints are getting points. Give me the Saints on the road against the Patriots. That one's easy money. Um, uh, Two other ones, I think. I know I love the Ravens. We talked about the Ravens last week. Watch out for Mike Tomlin. Watch out for Mike Tomlin because there's like a statistic where Mike Tomlin division games at home as a dog. 
I think he's like a 75 to 80% winning rate as a dog against the division opponents at home. They're a dog. They're playing at a division opponent at home. The Steelers are getting four points at home versus the Ravens. I'm sniffing kind of like a weird bounce back game. Maybe the Ravens don't score as much. The Steelers defense steps up. I'm taking the Steelers plus four. And then finally, Colts versus Titans. God, man, the Titans are just awful to watch. I hate watching them. I know they beat the the uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals this week, so people are hyping up the Titans, right? I believe in this Colts team. They have some really good talent. I like Anthony Richardson. He can get some points. The Colts are a one-point favorite at home versus the Titans. I'm taking the Colts minus one against the Titans. Those are my three picks for the week. I'm feeling another 3-0 week coming on. Good for you. I, I mean, my end is showing the Colts and Titans game is actually even. Um, oh, it moved so to I, even. Can I switch my yeah. thing to even? Can I double check? Did, they, did the line move? I'm looking at it on ESPN, though. So you're going to have to, if you're looking at it via Vegas, if it's, uh, for ESPN, it says it's even. I looked at DraftKings before the show to get my line. It's still minus one. So I'll, okay. I'm going to go with the DraftKings minus one odds. Cool. Yeah. No, I think uh, you're a big fan of those picks. Uh, more importantly, I think you hit a spot on with the Saints Patriots. That was my pick. Uh, that's not even just the homer versus the New Englander. I think it's just the two injuries to to, to Christian Gonzalez and Matthew Judon. That's a game changer. Those are your two biggest playmakers on defense and an already struggling team. Uh, so I think another week, like you said, with Derek Carr being able to actually throw the ball. Alvin Kamara looked pretty good, you know, returning back from his suspension. Um, we'll see what happens, obviously, on the offensive and defensive side of things. Give me one sec. Can I just address this comment because this is hilarious? Hip hop is just the it was Josh Allen hater saying Jameis Winston is Josh Allen with bad PR. Get out of here! That is the worst take ever. That's incredible. No, don't don't do that. Crab legs himself. He's not he's not taking a team to to start four and one. Yeah, go eat a W. No, that was embarrassing when he did that. So I'm I'm glad he played for the Bucks when he did that and he didn't do that with the Saints. He's been very quiet with the Saints when it comes to pregame warmups. Do you remember him in the um, locker room after they won that game though in the playoffs? When he was yeah, when the he was, crutches. Oh, the locker room. No, no, they weren't in the playoffs. Oh, okay, whatever it was, the win against the Bucks, the crutches, amazing. Yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt shit. you. What? Give me your pick. So you oh, were also doing Saints. Yes, yeah, uh, definitely going with the Saints plus one and a half. Uh, Texans Falcons, I like this one because again, I think CJ Stroud and the Texans offense is actually pretty dynamic right now. Uh, they're on the road against the Falcons. We'll see how they do, you know, in an on the road Atlanta uh, atmosphere. I think the Falcons are a pretty decent young team also, but I think the Texans can can actually win this one outright. So you're taking the Texans. What's the spread on that? I got plus two. Is that what you're seeing? Yeah, plus two. So you're taking Texans plus two. I I thought about that one to be honest with you. The only thing that scared me was the Falcons got embarrassed last week. I just feel like they're still a decent team, and I feel like they're destined for a bounce back this week. Yeah, for sure. Again, I think they still miss. Uh, I mean, they were in. They were in. Uh, well, not Germany. Sorry, they London. Were in London for um for for this past game against the Jags. Uh, so we'll see. But I, I believe in CJ Stroud. I think they can cover that one. Uh, yeah. And then for me, I. I hate to beat a dead horse with going with the Chiefs again, but I think the Vikings are just in shambles uh, as a team. Um, I think Mahomes on the road, but in a dome, is just going to show how good he actually is. Uh, so give me give me the plus, the minus five against the Vikings. I think the Vikings can't run the ball. They can really just throw to Justin Jefferson. You know, you match up. Uh, I think their best corner is Tredavious Ward uh, against Justin Jefferson and then shadow him with uh, with a safety and, and see if they can beat you anywhere else. It's such a weird line to minus five. You know, you're over the field goal threshold. So you're, a field goal does, doesn't beat you or 
excuse me, field goal beats you if you win by field goal, but you're under the touchdown threshold. So it's like in no man's land as far as, you know, the point spread is concerned. I like, I like that pick. Um, the Vikings defense has been awful. I'm curious, like where we don't do over unders here. I'm curious what the over under is for that game. Cause I would probably play the over, um, just based on both defenses. This season has given up a ton of points. I know the KC defense has been a little better, um, the past two weeks, but they still give up 20 to Zach Wilson. So I would probably take the over. What is it? Do you know? 53. It's high. That's a 28-24 type of game. I don't. I don't see that. Yeah, I don't um, know. That's a tough one. But I take yeah, that back. Yeah. The, the, it's high oh, for good, a reason. All right, so that's you're a, taking. That, that's why I would look at that though. You're taking Saints plus one and a half, Texans plus two, Chiefs minus five. Just to remind the people, your record is two six and one. You need a three and a week yeah, to yeah. get back in the the mix of things. Uh, but hey, I hope we all win some money this week, especially you guys listening to the podcast. Remember. Gamble responsibly. Don't take our bets seriously. Unless you take mine seriously, because I always win. That's a banger. Hang in there, guys. We are going to also talk about the Dame Lillard trade. I know there's a Celtics fans here watching probably that want to hear about some Drew Holiday stuff. want to really quickly touch on college football with you because I know you're a huge college football fan yourself, D. I had a question for you. I don't know if you want to start with that or if you want to start with something else. You're definitely on mute. I think that was a yes. You go question. You're cool. No, you're good. My question to you was, are we all sleeping on Alabama? Because they have one loss. They are... 12th ranked in the standings and they are starting to put it together it looks like they're starting to put it together against mississippi state south florida and middle tennessee state what? so miss me with that i know i skipped over the old miss game and old miss and and um and the rebels just beat lsu the reason why i say that is even in these games what you have to do you can't just look at the box score you can't just look at the overall game joe jalen milrow in a game against mississippi state Threw the ball 12 times. Their defense kept them in the game, right? Their, de- their defense blew the doors off of the off of off of Mississippi State. He threw the ball 12 times for 160 yards. When you start playing these high-end teams, like it's it's going to you play at you know at NLSU, you play Auburn, right? You're gonna play if you end up getting a little bit farther, you're gonna play uh SEC championship games. Like those are the games that they have to worry about. Tennessee likes to put the score up. So like you got to compare the quarterbacks and Jalen Monroe, Monroe is a great runner. He is a subpar passer. And I think that's, what's going to bite them against good teams. All right. I mean, that's fair. I also had a second question for you about like, just in general, right? Is the pac 12, the, whatever it's going to be like this going to be defunct pac 12, the best college football conference, because they have, at least three teams that I feel very confident could beat anyone on any given Saturday. And I'm talking about Washington, Oregon, and USC all look like absolute dominant teams. Yeah, I mean, they are... College is quarterback like like heavy. If you have a good quarterback, it brings you very far. And you just named three Heisman Trophy candidates. You have Caleb Williams, you have Bo Nix, and you have... Um, the kid, Penix Jr., Michael Penix Jr. They're all legit Heisman Trophy candidates. I think Caleb Williams runs away with it. But like these are guys that are throwing the ball 40, 50 times for 400 to 500 yards, five touchdowns, and maybe one interception. 
So yeah, I think those are those types of guys and, and teams can beat anybody on any given Saturday should they get the opportunity for it. You put Washington in the college football playoff against uh, Georgia, it's quarterback versus team. And right. I think we we can see that be a team that actually upsets. Same thing with Bo Nix and, and obviously uh, Caleb Williams. Well, this is a good segue because we were talking before the show, right? In, you know, in the past years of college football, so I'm always thinking like, all right, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, and then maybe Clemson, like the top four locked in, right? Very top heavy. I am a casual. I'll admit to it when it comes to college football. For mm-hmm. me, like I don't see a single team that I feel really confident about. Even Georgia this year, who's been, you know, two-time repeating champion, they've looked kind of not dominant at times. Which is, I mean, that's a weird way to put it. They're not bad, but like they usually just stomp everyone out. They don't look to be that juggernaut anymore. It looked beatable, and I think you hit it on the head. I might have even hinted about this um, a couple of weeks ago. I said that like college football is in a weird state right now where there's no dominant team and because there's no dominant team it just makes everybody i guess eligible for the college football playoff not to say carson beck is a great or terrible quarterback he's not great he's above average but sets Bennett the the fifth i want to say he was or the fourth the fourth whichever one he was plays for the rams now uh he was a college quarterback he looked great and he did it for, for for multiple years Oh man, D, I know you're coughing so I'm going to segue, but like we need at some point, and you get back to your point in a second, we need to do a top five best college quarterbacks. Guys who are not professional, like not good professional, but just like just dominated kids in college. So I am 100% down for that as a top five, just to piss people off when I come, when it comes to my quarterbacks. But yes, I would love to do that. Uh, getting back to obviously the ranking, I think Georgia, they look beatable. Um, you got the kid that's out in Michigan who JJ McCarthy, he's, he's good. He's decent. He's also a potential Heisman candidate because he's got an undefeated team, but Michigan always comes up short in the big games. You could say the same thing with Ohio state. You know, I don't even know their quarterback because they don't have a CJ Stroud. They don't have a Justin Fields. It's not that style of quarterback. And those teams that do are potentially going to be better. Texas Quinn Ewers is really good. He's looking over his shoulder for the Manning kid. So like, this is the best, you know, season of his entire life college, high school, whatever, it's because he's got to worry about Archie behind him, so he's playing his ass off. Because if he throws one interception, they're throwing in the Manning kid. Uh, So I see him doing really well, obviously, for Texas. But again, they all look beatable. The teams that are randomly good that you give a shot to, Penn State, Florida State, Washington, just because they're lower ranking for them. But I know that you said you got somebody outside of the top 10. I got a team outside of the top 10 that I think might be a dark horse in this college football playoffs. Right, I think you're gonna laugh at me and be like, "Get GTFO to me," but it's a team that had last year got a new coach, rebuilding the culture there, and their new culture it seems to be toughness, very offensive, defensive line heavy, push you around, get dirty. They have a quarterback who's I think leading the college football at least like top five in passer rating, passing yards. Uh, a guy who was thought of, and tell me if you've you you get it yet. The guy who was thought of as a first round draft pick last year, but poor performance saw him drop, and he stayed in college. Tyler Van Dyke's the quarterback of Miami University, the University of Miami. Okay, you, you switched it by saying Miami University. Yeah, I know. I, 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 I had to switch it back. You are not saying that the, the Miami- Red Hawks. <laughs> yeah, no, my, I like Miami. They're undefeated. They have a. They're playing in the ACC, which seems to be a down conference this year. Um, their team that could sneakily win out, make the college football playoffs and be trouble for someone. 
Yeah, I mean they're gonna. It's the um, the ACC. They're down. Uh, I think it's a yeah. I think it's a. I don't think it's a conference championship division anymore. A conference. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I'll double check. I'll double check right just, now. I think it's just the outright winner. So that means they have to play Ohio State. Uh, I mean, excuse me, um, Florida State. Um, I, I don't. I don't see it. Uh, I mean, not a bad choice. Ja from the Northeast is definitely gonna like that because he's a big Miami fan. Tyler Van Dyke, even if he stayed in, like you said, college this year, he wasn't on my top five radar as a quarterback that I would have known about. Um, so he might get drafted third, fourth, fifth round. I don't see him. I don't remember anybody talking about him being a top five pick um, as a quarterback. So it's good that he stayed an extra year. Miami is always one of those weird teams that they start off hot and then they get clipped by Duke in North Carolina. And by the um, way, Duke's pretty good. It just always good. happens. Duke's good. Yeah, I think they, they got a decent quarterback also. Um, I don't trust that, North it, Carolina. What's that? I don't trust North Carolina at all. Their defense is horrendous. They almost lost to App State. True. I think, uh, what is it? Riley Leonard is in um, is in Duke, and there's another kid that is in North Carolina that Drake May. Drake May was a good, is, is one of those considered top 10 quarterbacks for the draft next year. Um, so, like, they still got to play those teams, Florida State, Duke, and, and North Carolina. So, we'll see how they are if they are able to get by two out of three of them, and then it leads into the Florida State game. Not a bad dark horse, but again, the bottom end of the ACC is, is very terrible. It's yeah. just the top three teams. Yeah. <laughs> um, Anything else like you? You love college football. You're all about that life. It gets you really excited. Anything else that excited you so far? Uh, at least through like last week. You know, it's it's weird. I, I hate that LSU's out. You know, I I won't really need to talk about it. You know, Jane Daniels definitely a disappointment for it. Um, but the 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 finishing of this season, you're gonna see. I think five, potentially six undefeated teams making that top four for the college football playoff. Going to be really hard for selection Sunday. And then we're gonna. It's going to segue into next year's like twelve team playoff. So I'm excited for it because I don't want to see the the mystique of the college football regular season go away because of the twelve team. I think when it's the one and done type of feeling, there's just so much passion involved in each game. But we're gonna see, you know, who's setting the table for the next five to ten years with who finishes the last season with there being four teams number one. So it's it's gonna be a good race, and I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I mean, I know, number one, they're doing it for the money, right? More more games on TV, more money. But, you know, when the people making these decisions usually, I'm not going to say they're always right, but they usually have some sort of idea of how this is going to turn out. I'm excited for the 12-team playoff. I think it will end up by being a good a good product, even though you, we might not see that, you know, I can't lose the game regular season feeling. It'll still make things fun. Um, let's get into something I've wanted to talk about all week. It's a story that we would have led off with had this podcast been recorded on Wednesday, but let's segue into some NBA and the Damian Lillard trade. Yeah, so for those listening on podcast, I'm sharing the graphic of the trade just because like it's easier for us to kind of break down the trade and if we have all the pieces in front of us. Um, so we have all teams involved. I added Boston because Hold on. what? <laughs> let me let me just go. So Trudeau is one of the best producers in podcast history. I want to give lie. him his props when it comes to his mixing, when it comes to his editing, when it comes to all of the graphics that we're able to put up. 
But my guy, you got to figure out how to share screen and not show screenshot file 2023. Bro, I cannot KPG. do that on stream. You got to figure that out for me because my goodness, this it, it's great. It's an incredible job with do something. I can't. I can't but you can see the. You I can can't see the get X rid of that, minimize. man. What if I do this? Oh, wait. That. There, there you is. go. But now, Look I, that. now I can't see Perfect. you. Perfect. Now I can't see you, so I'm just looking oh. at the at the thing. But it's fine. I mean, I'll just guess when you're talking. It's all good. Um, is that better? Am I a good producer? Yes, now? it looks so much better. I mean, you can't see Frizz and the Grizz, but it looks better. All right, so let's let's talk Dame trade. And again, like if we were recording this podcast on Wednesday, right? This I think the trade broke either Tuesday night or Wednesday morning, whatever. Wednesday morning. It, Wednesday morning. So like we had just finished recording and this came out. So it's a week late. That's why it's at the end of the show. Oh, well. Um, I don't know where you want to start. Let's just start with the Portland angle, right? They've been playing this cat and mouse uh, game with Miami for months now, refusing to trade with Miami. They wanted more. Rumored the offer Miami was giving was Tyler Hero, Hawkes, the guy they drafted in the first round, uh, Nikola Jovic, not Jokic, Jovic, uh, a first round pick and maybe a swap. I think that's as far as they got conversations. And the feeling around the situation was Portland said, I want more. And Miami said, well, this is the best offer, so suck it. And they just stopped talking because... For Miami, the point of view is, well, we have all the leverage. Dame said he wants to come here. What are you going to do about it? Um, you can see on the screen what they ended up by getting, right? DeAndre Ayton, Malcolm Brogdon, and then I'm, I'm including the second trade of Drew Holiday. Robert Williams, Golden State Warrior 2024 first-round pick, which is, I think, top 20 protected. Uh, Bucks first for 2029 unprotected. Celtics first 2029 unprotected. And then Bucks first-round swaps in 2830. Do you like when you consider what they got here versus what Miami was offering? Do you like what Portland did and what they got back? Yeah, they got a they got a haul. Um, they got pieces that they could even move again. I know that you had mentioned that off air. Um, I think they stick with these pieces just because of the the, the players that they already have. Um, I think they made out better. I think the the extra trade or like piece that they were asking for was Bam out of Bayou, uh, which that was never going to happen. You know, Miami was never going to part ways with it. But that's one of those. If you want Dame, give us Bam. They were like, no. So it became a, a stalemate, and this is why this trade went down. So I like Aiton and, and Brogdon going there. Um, I think you you surround, uh, obviously, Scoot Henderson. You got Anthony Simons, who's been an incredible two-guard uh, the past couple of seasons, especially while Dame was out. And you got Shaden Sharp. So I think you're you're building the right young talent. I know you kind of scoffed at the idea of me saying, I think they could be middling with a, with a, um, a potential play-in next year. No way. Uh, you're saying that they're much lower than hey Dayton is a, is an all defensive player and I mean Aiton sorry I guess it is Dayton DeAndre Aiton um, but you, like do you Aiton, hear what he called himself by the way Media Day I think I heard the name but go ahead I think it was like uh, Dion Dominate Aiton Dominate like Dominate yes yeah. he called himself Dominate and I did hear about that that's no, what but I, I think they got a, I guess, they got a fun little team not saying that they are. A guaranteed lock, but I mean, we also didn't think that OKC was a guaranteed lock, right? When they had a bunch of young guys, you added a defensive presence to an offensively fast athletic team. So I don't think it's I don't think it's a bad thing. We'll just see what they do with Brogdon and Robert Williams because I don't think they fit their mold. No, um, but we'll see how they how they go with that. Robert Williams is injury prone. Brogdon is 
Like I just named off three guards that are better than him. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Brogdon got moved before the season started just because they do already have a plethora of backcourt players in Portland that are younger, that want to play. Brogdon, I think, would prefer to play for a contender. I, I'm i looking at this trade for Portland. Like, all the players they got back, Aiton, Brogdon, and Williams, do have some sort of ding on them, right? Aiton, people... Are off are down on him just because of how he performed in the playoffs and how he kind of quit at the end with Phoenix and the fact that Aiton's contract's pretty massive for his production. I think that's a ding. Brogdon, I mean, even a month ago we were unsure of his injury history. I think he almost got traded to uh, the Clippers, right? And uh, that got vetoed because of his his health. Is that correct? Yep. It, it he was actually traded, and then they were like, nope. Yeah, and then obviously Robert Williams, while he's healthy now, we know the story with Robert Williams. So all the pieces they got as far as players, slightly red flags. I actually think what Portland gut thing I like the most is probably that Bucks first 2029 unprotected pick. And hear me out on this one. Dame's what, 33, 34? Yes, he's, he's going to be 38, 39 at that point. I don't think he'll be on the team. Giannis has been kind of weird about several times down the past about like, get me help or like, I'm not going to be committed. I don't know if Giannis will be on the bucks in 2029. If, if all, every, everything breaks right for Portland, that could be a very valuable pick in the future. Um, the same thing with the, I feel less great about the Celtics 2029 just because the Jays are so young, but you never know. So I like what Portland did. I think it's better than what Miami was offering them. I'm curious to you, do you know that uh, Miami was also sniffing around on Drew Holiday? <laughs> they got snubbed a second time. Yeah, they Miami tried to get everything. Once once it fell through with um, the problem is they they waited in free agency too. They didn't make any moves in free agency because of they were waiting on Dame. Uh, um, but yeah, once once that went through, you knew that they were trying to get Drew Holiday also, and that fell through. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel bad for Miami just because I'm I'm actively rooting against Miami, but. Their plans this offseason just got blown up in their face because they made little to no free agency moves. They let guys walk, and they were hoping to get Damian Lillard. They thought they had Damian Lillard locked down. It was just a matter of time. That blew up in their face, and they they, they pivoted to Drew Holiday, and that blew up in their face. So they are the, uh, what is it, the pervert, the the saying, the uh, the person on the dance floor, you know, at prom, and no, one has, no one's dancing with them. That's That's Miami right now. Um, Milwaukee, I did that. That just made that up. That was stupid. Um, bum, ba, down, um, I think there you go. Nice. Uh, yeah. I mean, Milwaukee, I've heard mixed feelings on the Damian Lillard trade because of the way Drew Holiday is such an impact defensive player from Milwaukee. And if you look at their backcourt now, you don't have any very strong defenders. Uh, in the backcourt for Milwaukee with the addition of Dame Load and Drew Holiday out. I personally really like this move for Milwaukee only because their struggles in the past have primarily been, all right, crunch time. We need to generate some half-court offense. Right? Giannis could not get something on, on a break. And they were going to who? Chris Middleton, who was a shell of himself last year. And I don't know if he'll re rebound and be all-star Chris Middleton again. So like this is your insurance policy in Dame Lillard where if Chris Middleton doesn't become the Chris Middleton of two years ago, three years ago where they won the championship, Dame's that guy. 
So your issues with crunch time offense are now completely gone. Defensively, you have Brooke Lopez, who was a depoy candidate last year, and Giannis, who is this phenomenal defender. So like their interior defense should cover up for some of those weaknesses defensively. It's not going to fix everything, but like the trade-off for offense defense there doesn't bother me too much. Let's not forget they get a full year of um, uh, Jay Crowder also, a really good perimeter defender. Uh, I think he came in right after the trade deadlines. I think he was like really close to the playoffs too. Something weird for him because he wasn't a trade deadline deal, but he got traded to them after the deadline. Um, But yeah, I, I think... I think this is a, a great fit. I don't want to say perfect because obviously we'll see how it actually turns out. I think this is a great fit because you hit it right on the head with the the half court offense. Playoff t- Bucks aren't worried about the regular season. They could be the one through four seed. It really doesn't matter. It's when it's when a team has a, a whole. I mean, I think they could still win if they were on the road. Um, well, what I would say, what's up? There's a team who got significantly better in this trade that's competing for a top seed in the East. Oh, I understand that, and we'll 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 revisit that, you know, in in a little bit. Uh, what I would say is with the Bucks, it's their struggles always came in the playoffs when the team could shrink the court, and they would just wall up in the middle or in the paint mm-hmm. and just disallow uh, Giannis to get to the get to the cup. But now you got to worry about the pick and roll. They're gonna put Giannis and Dame in the pick and roll. <sighs> That's gonna be so much fun, man. Which is gonna be an absolutely incredible show because this man can pull from half court. So, like, you think that he's going to pull from half court. Giannis comes up, and then they like, nope, fake. And you get a full head of steam of Giannis going to the like to the cup. Like, no one's getting in front of that. Same thing where if you're like, all right, let me just play back. He's just going to pull from half court. So, I think it's going to be a great offense for them, uh, like I said, in the half court. Uh, excuse me. Dame hasn't had a second tier, second player on his team like this. We saw how fun it was with him and CJ. He's CJ and Giannis. So, like, this is going to be a different... Dame Lillard that we'll get to see as long as he just puts up the accurate shots that we know he can. And on the flip side, Giannis has never had a second player like this on his team. This is also true. So I think it's still the jury is out just because, like you said, a couple of years, like Dame's going to be up there in age. Giannis still hasn't really committed to Milwaukee. So we'll see. They get to the playoffs. They make the conference finals or a potential NBA finals. I think Giannis stays there for the long term. He wins a championship. He's staying. They don't win a championship. This is a band-aid on a bullet wound. I will say this, like the price Milwaukee p- paid in comparison to like what Miami was offering, much, much bigger in sending out two swaps, right? A first, uh, their best defender perimeter. Drew Holiday is a great, great two-way player. And Grayson Allen, for me, it's like, this is why Miami keeps missing. And we talked before the show of like Miami missing out after superstar, after superstar, after superstar. Mm-hmm. It like, there's a cost to doing business. Like what my Miami keeps saying, well, this is what fair market value is. And the problem is like, is if, if you really want that superstar, you got to pay up, man, and pay more than what you're willing to pay. Like you have to get uncomfortable sometimes. And like Milwaukee gave up a lot, but like they showed that they wanted Damian Lillard and they made it happen. Whereas Miami just like, this is what fair market value is and I'm not going anymore. And if you're going to have that attitude, there's always going to be that one team that gets more aggressive than you. And that's that's on Pat Riley, man. Um, but I think just before we move off Milwaukee, mm-hmm. like the th- reason why they were so aggressive is this is not just a Dame Lillard trade to like get Dame Lillard. This trade is very much about Giannis because Giannis made it very clear in, in a New York Times interview that he was uncommitted 
to this team because he did not feel that they were committed to winning. He made it very clear that he was not going to sign an extension because he did not know if they were committed to winning. It's the same thing he pulled when they traded for Drew Holiday. And it's the same thing he pulled now. And this is, this is showing Giannis like, hey man, we got your guy. Can you stay with us? Right? So even if the Dame Lillard thing doesn't work out and they can sign Giannis long-term, it's a good move for Milwaukee. Yeah, again, he hasn't fully committed. Committed. Um, I think the, like I said, the jury's still out there. But this is a, depend. This is a results-based trade. He stays if they can produce results. If he gets another championship, he is out the door. If this doesn't work, there's there's no turning back from this one, especially with his age and obviously the aging Dame Lillard. Phoenix, honestly, I think the trade for Phoenix is just about how much they hated DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> Gonna be I've never seen, I think I even text this to you. I've never seen a team want to get rid of a player so more than the Phoenix Suns wanted to get rid of um, DeAndre Eight. Like it was just broad daylight. Like we don't want your ass. So we're shipping you out of town the, the best way that we possibly can. It Like it was easy for them. Yeah. I mean, if you compare Yusuf Nurkic to DeAndre and DeAndre is flat out better than Nurkic and most metrics. Um, Nurkic is better than Aiton as far as like re- willingness to rebound and willingness to do the dirty work, set set hard screens, get hard rebounds, play tough, which is honestly, that's kind of what Phoenix would rather Aiton be doing, right? Aiton's by and far much more skilled than Nurkic, but they don't need all of the things that Aiton does. They do fit-wise like need what Nurkic does better but at the same time like Nurkic has been hurt a lot the past couple of years and he's been kind of bad low-key in Portland the past two years I think this is just like the vibes are gonna be better now right they it's gone you added a little bit of depth because like obviously with their salary situation they can't add quality depth laugh at Grayson down all you want quality three-point shooter helps Nurkic while it's a downgrade better vibes and he'll do the dirty work and rebound so like I get why they did it in Phoenix, but from like a talent wise, they definitely downgraded. Yeah, I, talent, yes, but I think you might have hit on the head when you said depth. Like you still get four. Keon Johnson is really a slouch. He, he's a he's a good shooter, uh, but you get a you get a big Nazir Little, probably not the greatest fit piece. Uh, but you get a big, you get a wing, and you get Grayson Allen. So like I think they they get more players. Not to say they needed better players. They just need more bodies and they got, you know, substitutions that can come off the bench, even get you, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Grayson Allen played a lot of minutes in the playoffs for the Bucks last year. Um, and he he, did, he was serviceable. So he, he can hit an open shot if you give it to him and he can play good defense. Like you said, Nurkic doesn't do the the dirty work as a big, but that's why you got Lopez and that's why you got Giannis. He, excuse me, my apologies. You got KD. Uh, I was thinking about the Bucks. Um, but you, you just have to worry about them. Not worry. You just have to have them on the court. And as long as they're able to just do something while they're on the court, while Beal, Booker, and Durant are on, you know, some type of you know spell or spill, let them come in right after ten minutes, like get their break, in, and they'll be fine. If anything, the uh, the addition of Grayson Allen definitely propels Phoenix to close to the top of the standings as far as most hateable team in the league because people hate love to hate on KD and good God Grayson Allen does not do anything to make people love him anymore so definitely KD kind of been like under the radar though let it leave let him live let him live bro people forget that they hate Kevin Durant until basketball season comes up like oh yeah top top I know that he's got a burner account top five players people hate in the league Kyrie's got the gotta be up in the top five Grayson Allen's gotta be in the top five 
I don't know who I else. I can see that. People I think just, it's just those two. Just repeat the names. Yeah, I mean, people <laughs> hate on LeBron, but he's not like a hateable person per se. Correct. I don't know. You can disagree. Uh, last piece of the trade, which came in afterwards, a couple of days afterwards, Boston Boston won the Drew Holiday trade, um, sending out two very important pieces to their rotation in Brogdon, Robert Williams. In my opinion, this puts them as far as like their starting five, the best starting five in the league, like all five guys and their starting five. If they start Porzingis, Horford, the two J's and holiday, all of, all of them have made an all-star team at one point in their career, which is crazy. Like that could be the starting lineup. Um, obviously this is a huge upgrade as far as their starting unit and their defense with Drew holiday. Uh, they're replacing some of the defense. They lost with Marcus smart, but on the flip side, their depth is going to be very thin after their six man, which could be uh, right white. Like it gets very thin very fast. You're going to have guys like Peyton Pritchard paying, playing a lot of minutes this year. Um, and God forbid, like one of those starters gets hurt. It's going to start getting ugly. So we'll see. Um, I like it as far as like their aggressiveness. And also like if you think of their main competition, right? Probably Milwaukee to win the East. Can you think of a better player to... D up on Damian Lillard in playoffs than Drew Holiday. I mean, I get, you're you're right on that one. Um, I I get nervous with this. I'm not gonna lie. I think it's the right move. You needed him when you're talking about making this run for a championship. Obviously, I just get nervous with like you said the depth of the team because we've seen teams be able to take away one of the superstars, that being Jalen Brown, which is going to put a lot of onus on Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart was an incredible defender. I know that I joke about him offensively, but he was an incredible defender and he was their best playmaker. I don't think he replaced a playmaker on offense with a playmaker in Drew Holiday. He replaced him with a a good point guard offensively and a great defender. But in in games that the the Patriots oh, Patriots games this is how much I dislike New England. Uh, but in games that the Celtics struggled, it was playmaking from outside of the the wings position. Right. Like if if Tatum and Brown were relied on to make specific plays, they struggled incredibly bad. And that's where this could potentially bite them in the ass. And this isn't even a hater and, you know, a non team, a green teamer. I'm just keeping it real the same way that I kept it real last year with them. I think Drew Holiday is a good fit. If you look back on it, you got rid of, you know, Marcus Smart and Robert Williams and Malcolm Brogdon to bring in Drew Holiday, Kristaps Porzingis. Let's just hope those are the right pieces because there's nothing after those five. Yeah, I think a lot of the season this year is going to hinge on can Kristaps Porzingis stay healthy. If the answer is no, then the they Celtics are, are going to be yeah, they're going to be in tough in a tough shape. I have a random question. Yeah. I, just, I just thought of while you were making that now a speech about how they were lacking playmaking, and that's true. Like when the Jays had to be playmakers in the playoffs. They were at times proficient. Like Tatum is proficient. Um, Brown, I, I can't trust to be a playmaker. How would you have felt if the Celtics found a way, instead of having Chris Paul get sent to the Warriors, Chris Paul find his way on the Celtics to be like a, not a starter, but like a six man, like played 20 minutes a game, like secondary playmaker for the Celtics? That would have been perfect. Yeah. I think that's why it's going to be a good fit for the the Warriors because you're going to be able to take some of that playmaker responsibility off of your best players, allowing them to be best at what they do best. Steph Curry shoots the ball. Yeah, he can make good passes. He can make off-ball steals and whatnot, but he shoots the ball off of screens. 
So you're taking the ball out of his hand so that you can free him up to shoot, which you would do the same thing if Chris Paul was on the Celtics. You take the ball out of Jason Tatum's hands. You take the ball out of Jalen Brown to let them find ways to get the right matchup. Then you give it to him in the right position to fade, to hit a you know a spot up, or, or even just ISO after the matchups have been switched. So I, with a Drew Holiday, can he hit the open shot? Yeah. Is he a threat for that? Not really. It's not his game. Huh. Is he diming people for eight to nine, ten assists per game? Not really. So like you're you're relying a lot on his defensive ability, which is great, by the way. I'm not saying he's not an All NBA defender because he is. It's just I I again I I hesitate with it being a perfect fit because they still are going to have a deficiency at the playmaking side of things, which we saw them struggle with last year. Yeah. I mean, he, he had decent stats last year. He's almost 40% shooter, 38.5. That's, that's a, a decent three point shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, and seven and a half assists a game. So like, I think it's definitely a definite upgrade over what they had previously over Marcus smart. Keep this in mind. The pick and roll in Milwaukee is different than the ISO game in Boston. Just that there's two different offenses that are run right there. You're not finding uh, you're not you're not finding Tatum coming off of two and a half screens to throw into a, a corner spot up or pick and roll like you were when he was in Milwaukee. He like they're not running that type of offense. So like those those assists are great, but remember who he had on the other side that he was dishing the ball off to compared to Brown and Tatum who are more ISO oriented. Well, we'll definitely talk some more NBA as the season approaches. I was telling mm-hmm. D before the podcast, I got that auto renewal notification for the league pass. So it's coming, people. NBA is only about a month away, which is very exciting. Um, before we get off this Dame trade, I want you to really quick give each team D uh, a grade, like ABC. You can do plus, minus, whatever. Just don't be that guy who's just like, everyone gets an A or everyone gets a C. Like, let's be. La, litigious about this. Uh, let's yeah. start with Portland. What do you guys? What are you going to grade the, the trade for them? Portland, I'm going to go with a B. Uh, like I said, I think you made a really good point with the draft picks. I was looking more of like immediate impact, which I think Deon, DeAndre Ayton and Brogdon. This me, DeAndre Ayton can give the I believe flip pieces like Brogdon and Robert to get even more depth for their team or a potential like third tier star for their you know a back end all star for their for their team, uh, especially around like the sell days that a lot of teams usually have. Uh, Milwaukee. Can I can I, can I just go down a few? I actually would probably give Portland. And listen, you're going to be like, no way. I give them an A minus, and I say that because there were so many criticism of Damian Lillard's age, that contract being going to be bad in a year or two, and also the fact that there was all the leverage was against Portland. Like it looked so bad for them for months, where they would have to make the trade to Miami, and they ended up by sticking that out and getting a decent, a pretty good haul for Lillard, a guy that we all think will be a bad contract in a year or two. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying you have a bad one. I I was going away from plus minus because okay. it would have been in like that B plus area, okay. which puts you, you right plus in the or A minus. Yeah. Give it plus minus. Yeah. Okay. Um, Milwaukee. Uh, I'm going to stick with the, 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 the consistency. I'm going B no, no minus, no plus I'm going B again. I think long-term, Band-Aid over a bullet wound if it doesn't work out. Um, Short term, if they flip this into a championship, it is an incredible trade. I think Dame is a great piece. I don't think he's a perfect fit um, based off of like what they actually needed. I think they needed a bigger guard that can play defense to help them out. Not an offensive guy, but like I'm, I'm not... I'm not mad at a 30 point per game score at being addition, you know, addition to, to Giannis, especially where he can hit shots from half court. So that's why I go like that B area. I'm going to say B as well. 
Right on. Uh, Phoenix, hate me or not, I don't care what anybody says. I'm going B+. Plus. I, I really do believe that they, yeah, man, it's depth. The biggest problem that the Phoenix Suns had is there was nobody that could spill Kevin Durant like or Devin Booker last year. Like, uh, what's it called? Chris Paul was a shell of himself, so they, they got him out of there. I think the addition of Bradley Beal with Kevin Durant and, and Devin Booker now, I'm not saying that Yusuf Nurkic is going to be like the almighty when it comes to obviously the stopping in the paint, but he can hit additional, he can hit, he can hit shots, right? He can stretch the floor more than Aiton can. And Grace Nallen, good wing defender. He can hit shots. Keon Johnson, I'm a big fan of his, obviously. Uh, but I think they got more depth. So I would give them that B plus because this is an impact right now wow. and for, I'd say, two or three years. I couldn't disagree more. I was going to go C. Okay. I think they down, downgraded in talent, they upgraded in vibes. I'll give you a C for that. Fair enough. Uh, last but not least, you can call it hate if you want, but not even hate, but you can say that I'm not hating. Great. I'm going to go with an A for Drew. Oh, we'll wow. Yeah. Yep, I'm, I'm going to go with that. You can give it cheers if you want. Um, I was waiting for it. Uh, it's it's buried in the sound. Keep, keep, keep going. So the reason why I give that is, like I said, it's 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 a good fit for them. It Like you mentioned, it's a great starting five that they have. You know, Drew, Chris Depps, the Jays, and whoever you throw in there um, as their fourth. I, I can't even remember who who was their fourth. Uh, I said their their probable starting lineup would be Drew, the two Jays, Porzingis, and Horford. Okay, so Horford's a you know a throwaway with that, but I think they still though one through four really good right like great great length to, to help you out with defense. Defense is going to cause a lot of issues. Um, I don't give him an A plus because I think they still need a an offensive style playmaker, but we'll see what happens. Obviously, man, you were not man in the comments while I was gone. I couldn't see the screen. Uh, Hip hop through Pat Bev as the on the most hated, most hated <laughs> list. Uh, I couldn't see anything. I was just all I we saw. We were talking, bro. I wasn't paying attention. No, it's either. fine. You, all, you're usually the producer. I forgot you couldn't see. All I could see was that goddamn graphic because you made me make it big. Uh, <laughs> uh, I would probably give the Celtics a. B, I really it's a trade where it's like we'll see how it works out i'm worried about the the lack of depth i i if it works out no one gets hurt significantly it's a fantastic trade if porzingis gets hurt and you're playing luke Cornette 30 minutes a game then it's a disaster so i don't i don't know i don't know yeah i mean a lot hinders on players that don't involve jason Tatum and jalen brown uh so that's that's a little tough. That is a little tough because those are your all NBA players. And if you're if you're basing your team's success off of other players besides them, and not because of performance, like they're still going to be all NBA players, but the health of Porzingis, the the depth of the of the roster don't involve Jason and Jalen. And that's going to pend the success of the Boston Celtics. That part itself, kind of scary, but we'll see. Good basketball talk. I love talking NBA, and I'm sure we'll talk more coming forward. By the way, shout out to those watching live, uh, sticking with us. Good show today. Had a fun time. Uh, make sure to check us out tomorrow if you've only catched part of the show on podcast, Spotify, Apple. Let's get out of here with the closing takes. The show is coming to an end. But first, it's time to get to anything we've missed. It's closing time. One segment, two takes. 
I I love closing takes because it's a segment where we don't talk about what we're going to talk about before. So look, I have no no idea where Dee's going with this. Dee has no idea where I'm going with this. Nope. Um, I want to start off with like a kind of a sad one. Um, you know, R.I.P. Former Red Sox legend pitcher Tim Wakefield. Uh, I remember I I grew up watching a lot of Sox. There was a point in my life, like in high school, where I would watch. It's 162 games a year. I watched, honestly, D, like 130 games a year, man. It was insane. Every day after school, I'd come home and watch the Sox um, every night. And Tim Wakefield, for several years, was like my favorite pitcher just because he was a knuckleballer. And the knuckleballers, man, there's something majestic about it. it they throw like a 60-mile-per-hour pitch that dives and dips, and it's just so unpredictable. There's nights where he can come out and strike out 12 pitchers. There's nights where Tim Wakefield came out and would give up 12 home runs. It was it was a roller coaster ride watching him, and it was so much fun. Uh, passed away this past week, uh, age of 57, with brain cancer. Like, that sucks, man. Mm-hmm. Um, good dude, stand up stand up guy, fun guy to watch, knuckleballer, and Red Sox legend. Won a World Series with them. So, RIP, good dude, and uh, thoughts, thoughts are with his family. Absolutely. You know, I. I'll uh I'll mirror your your reflection on him. You know I I really didn't watch baseball, but I did play a lot of baseball video games growing up. Uh, and this isn't even just to like joke around, but like I do remember how hard it was to hit the knuckleballer in so video hard. games. Like it was incredible. Um, didn't really watch as many Red Sox games as I probably should have at Fenway and whatnot while growing up in that area. Of a big you know R.I.P. and and big uh, blessings to his family. Um, we hate this type of stuff. We, we, I say it every time we end these shows, guys. Please just take care of yourselves. Make sure you get checked. Um, brain cancer is just a—it's fuck cancer. You know, I, I don't want to go too deep into that, but that's that's essentially what you say when it comes to something like that. Yeah, and it, a dying like a dying breed of pitcher too. I don't think there's any more knuckleballers in the uh, Major League Baseball. Not true. There's knuckle curves, but there's no a like, true knuckleballer. Yeah, he's there's nobody going out there and just throwing one pitch the whole game. Yeah. Two pitches. You got fastball in there that was like the, eighty. The fastball was like not even. I think his fastball was like seventy three. It was, but it, hey, man, you throw that thing after throwing a sixty mile per hour knuckleball, you catch someone off guard. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, what do so you got? I'm gonna me? go a little bit more positive on this end. Uh, try to get us out here on a good note. Just spread some positivity for a kid that is doing absolutely incredible. I want to give a big shout out to Puka Nakua. Um, I think what he's been doing for the past couple of weeks, randomly out of nowhere in the NFL just shows that like if you just give a kid a shot like they can they can prove to be really good um i think he started out you know he's a high school recruit out of utah so nobody's gonna know who the hell he is uh he went to the university of washington uh, for a couple of seasons then transferred to byu ended up going i don't even think he was drafted if he was it was late like fifth sixth round something like fifth round cool um definitely not expected to be anything on a rams team that we thought was like in shambles right matthew stafford we see Cooper Cup go down, you know, week one preseason area. It was just like, damn, they got nothing. But this kid is on pace to break a ton of records. Like he's up there with Cooper Cup stats for uh, most catches to start a season. He's up there with Megatron. So I, I want to give a big shout out to, you know, those underachieve, I want to say under, underdogs, underdogs in, in, in the world that like you just prove people wrong. All you need is a chance. And, and what he's doing is special. Um, I don't think he does much after he catches the ball. He usually goes down, but that's a that's a talk for another day. Give the man his flowers. If you're doing something good, I'm going to try to shout you out, and I think Puka Nakua is doing very well this season. Well, I think the knock on Puka Nakua coming into the, the draft was that he's not particularly big, 
right? And he ran like a four six something forty. Four like five two. seven. Yeah. So like you're that's not, like yeah very slow. <laughs> you're not big. You're not fast. But like he just has a craftiness about running routes to get himself open and make catches. You know who he reminds me of? I think this is spot on. Adam Houghton. You just don't I understand love how he gets open. Tall, lanky wide receiver, not fast, can't jump, not athletic, but he just gets open. And you're just like, what the hell? That, how are you catching passes? Uh, Madden route running ability, 99 right there. That's what it is. Yep. Catch radius. Uh, he's actually second right now in uh, rookie of the year besides, behind CJ Stroud. So Fair enough. Yeah, makes sense. Good shit. Yeah, and uh, I hip-hop with the fifth round. Yeah, I, I thought it was fifth round. Uh, good shit today, man. I, I had a fun fun time uh, talking some swords with you today. You wanna? Should we get the people out of here and get yeah, the people get with the mantles? And uh, before we get out, remember, check out us on podcast if you're watching live. If you only start part of the show, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening on podcasts, the show is better live. So check us out on Twitch, dfrizzy underscore frizz five on Twitch. You can catch us on YouTube. You can catch us on Facebook or the website Frizz and the Grizz. One word.com. I appreciate you taking my plug, man. But no, that if you want to do that, that's all you, you tell you people about the stupid. chicken and the mentals and all that stuff. Yeah, but I mean, I was talking about I'll, I'll get media. you. All right, I'll back no, off. I'll want, back off. I think you made it sound better. I'll make it sound a little fun, but you made it sound better. So, kudos all right, no, no, no. Well, well, let's pretend. Hey, I didn't say anything. Just go I'm ahead. I'm not dude. saying I'm not gonna, I'm not because I want to make sure that we take care of our people the right way. Please, please, please. Again, we appreciate y'all listening watching us live and listening tomorrow when it does get uploaded, obviously, to those platforms. Please, 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 y'all take care of y'all mentals. On the rebound, make sure y'all take care of y'all physicals. I got a little challenge for myself, 50 push-ups, 50 sit-ups every day during the work week, Monday through Friday, when you're trying to do this shit on Saturdays and Sundays. Please make sure y'all take care of y'all chicken, take care of y'all children, and we'll catch y'all on the rebound. Peace! Hey, they got a website that you can hire girlfriends for the day.